Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today's podcast is interesting. I am going out on a limb here a little bit and I'm getting ready to give a eulogy to my for my father. Um, his memorial service is tomorrow and he was just one of the most outstanding persons to ever live in my in my opinion and certainly um, I thought he was the most outstanding person and he taught me so much I actually have started writing all the things down because I I don't know if I'll ever do anything with it but I call it lessons by Larry um, he was just uh, so loving and unconditional and also just genuinely cared about and cared for by so many, um, everyone that met my dad loved him. He was uh, the, one of the most compassionate persons I've ever met. So I thought I would share this story because I think there is some yoga to it. There's some uh, life movement to it. This is a big movement, obviously, moving from one stage of life to death and and a stage for me of grieving and of just absorbing the loss, but also taking in all of his memories and his foundational lessons that he gave me and showed me. And I feel like in honor of him, I want to share them with everyone. And so there's some real honest parts to this about my um, background that you might know, know about, but here it goes. I hope you'll appreciate this. I'm doing it for you in rough, in rough, not rough form, but uh, dress rehearsal. It'll be by the time this is broadcast, it'll have already happened. But um, I'm sharing this on a bigger platform. How do you say goodbye to one of the most significant people in your life? I had the extreme privilege of being Larry Frank's only daughter. My dad treated me like the most precious thing as far back as I can remember. He lit up when I walked in a room. More recently, he joined the social media platform Instagram just to follow me and became one of my biggest fans. He would lovingly comment that he had already seen me today when I would call him on the phone, referring to some photo or video I had posted. My dad truly was the kindest human being. I never, never heard him say a mean thing about anyone. He exemplified goodness. And he also had a wicked and sometimes slightly inappropriate sense of humor. His quick wit never failed to make me laugh, and I saw that his humor and sweet nature was felt and appreciated by many, including those who worked for and with him. Larry Frank, known by many as Dr. Frank, was my hero. 
He listened more than he spoke, but when he said something, it was always a compact dose of wisdom. He loved to see me practice yoga and would come into the room where I would be practicing and just sit and watch me. In the later years of his life, his mobility was restricted because of his emphysema, but he never once complained. He loved just sitting in a room with his family and watching us all, asking questions that were real and profound, not one for small talk. He wanted to know if I was happy and would listen to my varied tales of my work and home life. He supported me unconditionally in a way that is truly rare for humans. Dad would tell me, you're a wonderful mother, a beautiful daughter, you're so talented, and on and on. When I would comment about something that Mark, my husband, did for me and express gratitude for it, my dad would even somehow give me credit by saying, you've trained him well. It was not to take away anything from Mark because my dad loved and adored him, but it was more because he always gave me compliments. I never left an interaction feeling anything less than focused adoration. It was an embarrassment of riches. I knew every moment how lucky I was to have such a pure and uncomplicated relationship, wholly shaped by love. Not only was my relationship with him uncomplicated, he was truly unconditional with his love and devotion. An example of this I often tell in my yoga teacher training when we speak of the yogic philosophy of non-attachment. It's often misunderstood and thought that you must reject all material attachments, even people, maybe, to be practicing the true state of non-attachment. But it has a subtle, more impactful meaning that is exemplified in this story about my dad. I was in sixth grade at the jumbled height of hormones and sex education, and a group of my friends and I had some time on our hands at the end of a long middle school day with a substitute teacher in French class. We circled up and played a fun and immature game that was a spontaneous derivation of an innocent second grade game where you would write names on a paper and fold it origami style pass it to your classmates who would proceed to write down character traits or descriptive qualities, not knowing about whom you were writing. When the paper was unfolded, we would all be in giggles, discovering who was the object of our writings, innocently saying that Jane has purple hair or Susie has nice teeth. In our sixth grade homeroom, we upped the ante and added some of our preteen charm with sex ed in the mix, talking about boobs and butts and other body parts. It was a hoot when we unfolded the papers to discover teachers' names and such, and after dissolving to tears, we threw the papers away and went home for the day. Little did we know that the substitute had pulled the papers out of the trash and in horror brought them to the principal. The next day, we were all called into the principal's office and admonished for our poor choices and behavior and told that we needed to report the event and what we wrote to our parents. As you can imagine, we sixth graders were terrified. And as the day went on, one by one, I found out from my friends that they were getting punished in various ways. I had to wait longer because my dad was not yet home from work. At dinner, I quietly recounted the story to my dad and what my friends and I had unknowingly written about some teachers. I remember so clearly how he listened and finished cutting and chewing his bite of dinner before putting down his fork and saying, well, that seems like a pretty normal thing for sixth graders to do. I think even my mom was surprised at his response. As for me, I walked away from the incident unscathed, 
but his response indelibly left its mark. Not until years later did I register this response as being one of true non-attachment. As my parent, my behavior could have been very embarrassing to him, as it could be seen as a direct reflection of him. Instead, he could calmly assess and objectively declare that this was a reasonable thing for a preteen hormonal group of kids to do. No harm was meant or committed in any large way. It was just a part of growing up and exploring a sometimes confusing chapter of adolescence. His example has stayed with me, and I try to be like Larry in my own parenting, listening without an attachment to my own ego, but instead with a deeper understanding of child development and the humanity of selfless reflection. In the 49 years of being my dad's daughter, he was truly angry at me only one time. As an almost 17-year-old, working through the mixed messages of beauty and self-esteem, I began to fall into some patterns of anorexia. Like many who became entangled with this condition, I became over-controlling, limiting my food and baking for others, but never eating my concoctions in order to test my self-control. After a few months of this behavior, I was in the basement after making another batch of goodies to give away when my dad stormed in. His face was contorted with an unfamiliar rage. You're not to make another thing unless you eat it. You look unhealthy and are being so selfish. He was trembling and his emotions were raw, cutting through my self-involved state. As he spun around to leave the room, I thought to myself, I have hurt him. And that realization was enough to stop me in my tracks. My dad had single-handedly pulled me from the clutches of body dysmorphia and I quickly regained my footing to attain a healthier path. His unwavering devotion and his and historic support on all fronts made this one moment of rage really have an impact. I thanked him years later and tried to offer my own support and strong encouragement and plea for him to stop smoking, pointing to this example of tough love that he had given me. It would take me more years to realize that he would have done anything for me, but the addiction to smoking was too powerful. I'm mentally prepared for his death knowing that smoking would inevitably take its toll. It angered me that he couldn't stop smoking. But once a friend encouraged me to focus on how amazing my father was instead of being absorbed by the deleterious effect of his fatal habit, I forgave the tobacco devil and its hold on my dad and moved forward to simply enjoy my time with him. And enjoy that time I did. My dad was so easy to be around, a counselor, an advisor, both in deed and words. He possessed a unique combination of intellect and inquiry, sense of humor, non-judgmental devotion. He was just so easy to please, so calming to be around. He made me feel safe and that I could do no wrong. His love for me has given me such confidence and drive. My gratitude for him is immense. I'm so happy that I never held back on telling him all that I felt. He was my everything. As you can tell, I truly could do no wrong, and this unconditional love was felt each moment. How do you say goodbye indeed? Well, you don't. I can't. It would be unbearable. Instead, I say, I see you. I see you in the stars, the sky, the wind, the azaleas that you planted and loved. I see you in your chair, in the coffee that I drink, 
in dirty and inappropriate jokes in all the goodness in the world. I see you in my children, in my husband, in my brothers, and in my amazing mom, your beloved partner of 55 years. I see you and I feel you in my heart. And with each beat that goes on without you here in body, I sent you in my blood. And so we flow united. I will dance to Elvis and weep and laugh and rejoice with you because that is what you taught me and what you would want. So all that is left to say is thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Dad, for being mine. So I'm sharing this with you because that's how much I love my dad. I want to share him. I want to share him. He was amazing. Go out and love your people. Forgive them. Share with them. Be unconditional with him. Try and and apply some of this non-attachment with him. Some things that happen have nothing to do with you. And if we can stop reacting and, and instead be quiet and respond with compassion, so much more healing would take place in the world. So let's all be like Larry. Um, I just feel so compelled to share this with you. So thank you for accepting it. And now that I'm sending you hugs, 